Welcome to Brainbusters, the show where we take interesting topics in neuroscience and try to break them down into a way that hopefully everyone can understand. Uh, my name is Hugo. Joining me in the studio today, as ever, is my good friend and co-host Nathan. Hello. And also joining us today, we have a very special guest coming from the labs of UCC, uh, Timothy LaPuma. Welcome. Hello. How are you? I'm from California. I'm going to clarify my, my accent right now if anyone's listening. Get that done right off the bat. Right off the bat. Anyway, uh... Timothy, welcome to the show. Uh, I'm very, very happy. You were meant to be here two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Three weeks ago? I think so. God, yeah. And then, unfortunately, I got COVID mm-hmm. like the the day of the show. <laughs> so that didn't really go to plan exactly. But Such uh, are the times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But you're here now. Um, so, yeah, I suppose, do you want to start off just by introducing yourself a little bit and maybe talk about a little bit of the work you're doing at the moment here in UCC? Yeah, so I did my undergrad at UC Davis in clinical nutrition, so that is the American UCD, Um, (laughs) and then I I did a post back at Virginia Tech with Georgia Hodes, who is a a former postdoc colleague of John Cryan, and so that's how I came over here to work in the lab of Harriet Shellikins, where we're looking at the relationship between metabolic dysfunction and schizophrenia. Well, okay. And so we've talking uh, talking. We've <laughs> talked a little bit in the past about uh when you're talking about metabolic dysfunction, you're talking about metabolites from the gut microbiome, I'm assuming. Right, right. So I should clarify it specifically <laughs> through the the lens of the microbiome, right? So there there's this literature that olanzapine, a very common uh, antipsychotic, so mm-hmm. you know, managing the the features of uh psychosis not just for schizophrenia but as well as some uh uh, types of bipolar disorder um, it is known to influence the microbiome and it might influence it in such a way that it makes it easier to put on weight. So theoretically, maybe we can manipulate the microbiome in a way that stops or reduces the effects of uh, olanzapine for inducing the, the weight gain, because that's kind of the only treatment that we have for uh, and, uh, for schizophrenia are mm-hmm. antipsychotics, mm-hmm. right? And they just kind of come with that side effect profile. Yeah. And is this something that can be translated into other avenues? So like, for example, say you find some mechanism whereby the weight gain from a lanspine can be attenuated. You could target that system even like not uh, during a lanspine treatment and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it might reveal other novel targets for um, obesity, satiety. So that's really the, the wheelhouse of, of the Shellkins lab. Yeah. So as, as you know, uh, <laughs> ghrelin, the, the hunger home, uh, hormone, is, it sounds like a hungry hormone, right? It's like you're ghrelin. <laughs> hungry. Yeah, so... Oh, it sounds like your stomach's growling or something. It does, yes. actually. Yes, yeah, it, I, sometimes science has good naming. Sometimes I love when science has good naming. <laughs> like Sonic Hedgehog, we spoke about yes. before. Great yes. name. Um, and is the work you're doing at the moment, is it like mostly animal work or is it in vitro? Or? Sure, sure. Yeah, so it was animal work in the, the summer. So it, it was kind of looking at a novel strain of, of Bif longum, so Bifidobacterium longum, um, to see if it could possibly attenuate some of the, the effects, the, the weight-inducing effects mm. of uh, the antipsychotics, specifically olanzapine, since that's one of the more yeah, common yeah. ones. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so far, so good. So, you, you know, stay tuned for, for, <laughs> for the paper. And, and um, we were happy enough with the unpublished results, sent it around the lab, and, and we decided to uh, submit a clinical trial grant. Wow. So we should find out at, at some point in time if we're going to be able to, to go off with that. So that, you know, that, that's something we're very excited about. That's mm. great. Yeah. And so would this be a probiotic that you're adding into the system or? 
Yeah, that, that's a good question. So there are different ways, right, that you can have uh, probiotics, and every probiotic is, is slightly different. So there, you know, there are some that are aerobically um, metabolic, there's mm -hmm. some that are anaerobic. So you know, they have to have different storage conditions. Exactly. Yeah. So that's the the uh, engineering side of things that I'm <laughs> much less familiar with. But I'm I'm glad that there are people that know how to do it. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Uh, will we go into Gene or No Gene? We'll throw it up, yeah. Yeah, so Gene or No Gene, the world-renowned segment, <laughs> I might add, uh, on this show where we... That's why I'm here. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> International. <laughs> um, where we give you a gene uh, that is a section of DNA that codes for a particular protein, and you have to vote over on our Instagram page, brainbusters underscore, <laughs> is this a actual real gene that is uh, present... Uh, within an organism, it's not always human, um, or have we just made it up and mm -hmm. just thrown it up there? So, uh, Nathan, what is our, <laughs> our gene for today? Right, so our gene for today is called Bark2. Bark2. Woof woof. <laughs> is that a real gene? Over on Bambiosis underscore, go vote, don't look it up, it spoils the fun. Yeah. But, uh, give it a go, and we'll reveal go. the answer at the end of the show. At the end of the show. We're going through our second song of the show, actually. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think we'll throw on, you've been listening to the new Charlie XCX album. Yes, it's extremely catchy. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to go, we're going to play uh, Yuck. I, have, I haven't heard this song yet, I don't think. Oh, you definitely have. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I haven't listened to it myself anyway. <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, Yuck, this is from Crash by Charlie XCX. Feel this way, I'm such a hypocrite. That was Yuck by Charlie XCX from her new album Crash. Mm -hmm. That was a, really enjoyed that actually. Yeah, all the songs are quite like short and snappy. I think like the longest one is like three minutes. Mm. I saw so. um, a thing on Twitter uh, before the album came out. It was like, now this is a plot twist, and it was like the Metacritic reviews or something. Yeah, they were so good. Why were people previous, expecting it to be bad? Her previous two albums haven't done well. Um, let's say. Globally, okay, okay. Uh, like her fans obviously like the stuff, but this is more. I think she was like leaning into it with this as more of a like um like a pop album, yeah, yeah. Uh, trying to appease and making fun of it a lot, like in the marketing and stuff. Like mm. she was um kind of blowing it up like that, but it, it's a great album. I must give it a listen. Mm. What do you think, Tim? I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so Tim, I wanted to ask you. Obviously, you've come over from the states. Yes. So you started off. Let me make sure I get this correct. You started off. West Coast and yes, went yes. East Coast. I did. So I did. firstly, like, how was that? Because obviously, I think like for us, like, like we have such a weird perception, I guess, of the state to something because it's you know very prevalent in our like uh, entertainment and things Ooh, like yeah, that. Yeah. So we probably have like different perceptions of it. But how did you find it personally moving? Because that's almost right. as much as moving countries. Yeah, know, they're yeah. so different. So before I graduated, I, I did like our version of Erasmus back in 2018 at, mm -hmm. at a University College Dublin because, um, you know, classic theme of just who you know. So uh, one of the labs that I was in, she did her postdoc with a, um, a faculty member, uh, Africa Sullivan at, at UCD. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when I was going to 
uh, dub win, I, I think I expected things to be different, so it wasn't like as much of a shock as it was for me to go from California to Virginia, because it's the same country, right? But each each state is, is very different, and I, I, I loved Virginia, but yeah. I, I definitely realized, like, oh yeah, each state really does have its you know, own, own culture, own history, um, own dynamics, right? I, I was the person with an accent in, in Virginia as well. So, um, That's yeah, yeah. I mean, it's funny though, because you, I'm not going to compare this in any way, but obviously it is like, even though Ireland is so small, we have mm-hmm. such a wide range of accents mm-hmm. as well. So like you would see the same, like, even if you move like two counties over or whatever, like the accent could be very different. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I mean, compare like, we're from Waterford, the Waterford accent to Cork or to Dublin or something yeah, like it's very, very, different. very different. Yes. Um, and then, ha- then you obviously come over here to Ireland and mm-hmm. you said you were expecting things to be different, obviously, because it's a different country, mm-hmm. but have you like uh, overall enjoyed it or like, what do you think? Oh, for sure. I, I could definitely live here happily. Yeah. I, I think in terms of the um, third level education, probably one of the biggest differences is how independent it is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, in Ireland, uh, yes, okay. compared to, to the U S and we're like a lot more, um, we want to sit in the front of the classroom and like raise our hands <laughs> and like get all the participation points. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, it was very obvious who the American students were at UCD <laughs> because we like run to the front row because people like fight for them back, wow. back home. And, and you know, like, that's my seat. Get out of it. You know, and it's like, I'm going to fail the exam now. You know? That's so, insane. I, yeah. Like no one does that no. here. I think like... Be we rushing w- for the back, man. Yeah, basically. <laughs> like we... So for myself and Nathan, like in neuroscience now, but in first and second year, mm-hmm. we would have been in classes of like up to 400 and then yeah. like maybe 200 in second year. And literally like the whole class smushed towards the back. Yes. And then you get like 10 uh, mature students who would always sit, sit up, up the, the front. front. <laughs> they were the only ones who would sit up the front yeah. consistently. And yeah, no one would answer questions either. Like the, the I, like I feel so bad for the lecturers because mm-hmm. they'd be like, it'd be such a simple question. Like, and they'd be like, and what does this protein do? <laughs> and, and everyone just goes, yeah. And you know everyone knows. Like, Why do you think that that is? What What is the reason for I the know. collective silence? There's a weird... I think, firstly, there's a weird culture here that, like, if you're seen to be, like, really engaged in, like, your studies, whatever, you're a bit, like... I don't you know, like, full of yourself or you think yeah. you're great or, yeah. or something <laughs> like that. So no one wants to be seen like that. Um, it does change a bit. Like, our class size has decrease significantly mm-hmm. and now there's only 15 of us in the class and with that comes people aren't afraid mm-hmm. to answer questions yeah. or anything but yeah being in front of like 200 people and not wanting to seem like out of place or something mm. I think is a really big it's, aspect yeah. of it it's like which, anxiety kind of just yeah like, that there's so many people mm-hmm. it's like um if you're presenting something I yeah. guess like that yeah. and the fear of being like wrong, wrong. just not completely right you know? yeah. yeah yeah even though the lecturers are always so nice I know yeah, like yeah. even if you <laughs> my favourite thing is when um, someone answers a question and it's not correct, but mm-hmm. the lecturer goes, yeah, and, and they just, like, say, like, the actual answer or whatever. Yeah, that's a great answer, but no. <laughs> yeah, that's my favourite thing. Um, so I guess maybe that's why it's so different then in the States, mm-hmm. because if everyone is doing it, then it's not weird. Yeah, yeah. like, I, I guess there there is the, you know, the, the try-hard, you know, I was called a grade grubber at, at one point <laughs> in, in time, you know, because... That sometimes it's like, are you asking a question or giving the answer, you know, mm. because like you're genuinely excited about it or like, you know, you're, you're trying to like butter them up because, you know, you want to ask them for a letter of rec in the future. Right? <laughs> so there, there's uh, all those dynamics of being in a, you know, that that's probably one of the other differences. Like our neuroscience 
the major mm-hmm. courses they were still like sometimes like 200 people by your your fourth year so wow. you know to uh stand out you know uh and to build those kinds of grad school connections you do kind of have to put yourself out there a little bit more so. yeah yeah i mean neuroscience it's not small but there's only three places in ireland you can do it as mm-hmm. a undergraduate degree mm-hmm. um or as a bachelor's degree i should say uh, two in Dublin and then here in Cork, mm-hmm. and I, I'm pretty sure the class sizes in Dublin are just as small. Yeah, maybe just slightly small. bigger, but mm. yeah. So like, really, it's a pretty small population. Mm. So I don't think you have to do that as much, uh, luckily, because <laughs> um, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we you touched on it briefly there, but like overall, the there are some pretty big differences even in like not just people's. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for, attitudes to education, but Mm -hmm. also just like the education system over in the States in terms of third level. So like, for example, you completed like a post-bac, I think it's called. Right, yeah, which is kind of like, it's functionally kind of like a a master's degree here, Mm -hmm. right? So something that we were talking about before we were on air was if you look at the office space where there's all the the post-grads in anatomy and neuroscience, I would say like, 80% 80% of those students did a, a master's degree mm-hmm. before starting their PhD, whereas yeah. in the U.S., I would say that ratio is, is reversed. Most people go straight into their PhDs, so oh, wow. okay. part of that is that the, the first two years of an American PhD, so like I think the average is like you know somewhere around six years for a U.S. Okay. PhD, Compared but it's because... three or four here. Yeah. Right, right, and that's because the first two years, uh, you are taking a lot of courses and you earn a master's along the way. Oh, okay. Right, so I, I personally think this model is better because you can do a one-year master's and realize, you know, no, I really want to just mm-hmm. go do industry, right, whereas... Yeah. You, you can master out of a, a U.S. PhD, yeah. but it, it's it's not, you know, seen as something that is, like, just, you know... Uh, it wouldn't a look on, good. ...honorable thing. Yeah. It's yeah. not yeah. quite the right, <laughs> right word, but something like that. You know? Yeah, yeah. That is interesting. I, I agree with you, though, that I think the... Like, so much in, like, academia in general, you're required to, like, commit to what you want to do. Yes. Like, uh-huh. even, like, here, like... You know, we we complain about it so much. I say we, I don't mean us on the show. I just mean people in general complain about like, oh, I can't believe you're making a 17-year-old or an 18-year-old commit to what they want to do mm-hmm. for the rest, for of, the their rest of their life. Lives. And it's not really that, but mm-hmm. also you're, you are building the foundation in terms of what you decide to do in college. Of mm-hmm. course, you can go and do something else. But if you're 18, feeling really, really pressured to make this decision by, I guess, society, mm-hmm. um you know all your peers are going on and immediately starting you feel like you should have to do the same again and then three years in you decide oh i actually don't like law at all i'd much yeah. rather be in psychology or mm. something you know what i mean uh i think always having the option to start with something and then see how you're going and then, and then yeah, yeah is always a good idea which is why this course was actually so good because mm-hmm. we started off with just biology chemistry mm-hmm. and then with the option of going biology or chemistry and then once you go biology, you have more options again. Mm. Like there's like 11 routes or something you can go down, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it? there's a lot. From the lot. start, like so. Yeah, that's one of the other differences is like you're, we were still taking like biochemistry genetics like in our third year, whereas okay. I guess like you, you knocked out organic chemistry like in the first two years. I, I we only think, did the chemistry in first year. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Pretty wild. But it does, I suppose that is also beneficial on for you because it gives you a wider base maybe mm-hmm. uh, apart from us getting quite specific so quickly so quickly yeah. uh, in the grand scheme of things mm-hmm. but I always think it's interesting as well because I was always I was also I was always of the opinion like oh it's like a 
you know, uh, a triangle, I'm slowly getting towards the tip of that mm. as I'm specializing, specializing. I've said this so many times, it's like an hourglass. <laughs> you flip it over, you get to that point, and then you realize there is so much, like, oh, there's yeah. so much I've, in Earth. I've made it's crazy. several U-turns and, and, and <laughs> veered off the, the beaten path, as it were, when it, you know, came to, to research. But yeah, we can talk about that. Yeah, I was going to say, we'll go into our next song, and then we can talk a little bit about that, because you've had kind of an interesting non-traditional let's call it maybe yes. uh, to look <laughs> at anyway <laughs> yeah. but like way that you you got here to neuroscience so a very chic room <laughs> <laughs> anyway i'm gonna throw on a bit of kojak from okay. his album town's dead because uh, ever since you went to the rt music, music prize prize awards, awards whatever really they're called convoluted name. um i've been listening to him and mm-hmm. i actually really enjoyed his album so yeah as i say this is Oh my god, the song has already begun. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be Curtains by Kojak from his album Towns Dead. So I met this girl. I was minding my own, she was right over, I grabbed my phone and she said, so what? Just gonna sit there all night feeling sorry for yourself? See, I've been eyeing you up the whole night from across the room, so you need a cosmic boom? Just to get your attention? Did I happen to mention? My drink's been empty the past five minutes, so can I feel you in the general convention? I said, look... You know, I just got out some messy shit, you know, I'm not really looking to stir something. And she said, whoa. That is Curtains by Kojak from his album Towns Dead. Uh, I would really recommend listening, uh, if you haven't uh, yet, listening to the rest of the album. Really, mm-hmm. really good. Especially, I love albums that you listen to in order and you yes, get like a, a, story. a good like story mm-hmm. out of them. Anyway, so we were going to talk a bit about your, how did you put it, meandering <laughs> yes. career path. Yes. So do you want to like, like how did, yeah. So essentially you're, you're now studying, well, you're doing neuroscience. Yes. Uh, but how did you get here? Sure. Yeah. So I think the the big theme or, or takeaway is is that you know as long as you're enjoying the the research that you're doing, you can move along and jump to to different ventures, and it really is a a, a game of of making those connections and like working hard at whatever opportunity that you're at. You know, like the the very uh, a common phrase that I tell people is is you know be so good they they can't ignore you, which is the title mm-hmm. of like Cal Newport's book, right? And and so you never. You know, when you're like 18, right, going back to your point, like, do you really want to know what you want to do for the next Mm. 20 years of your life? I would say most people don't. And you put the story together along the way. But Mm -hmm. in retrospect, it looks like it makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So I I started out doing clinical nutrition at at UC Davis. And in our senior coursework, that was actually when we started learning about the microbiome gut brain Mm -hmm. access. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, this is kind of cool how these two two systems can communicate and there's this relationship between you know what i'm eating and the brain but i you know i didn't really know that much about the brain at that point in time so that's why i went over 
to uh, UCD with Africa Sullivan because she's she's really into that kind of research as well. Mm. And then I did a more uh, neuroscience and stress uh, physiology, sex differences and depression um, one year post back with Georgia Hodes, right? And um, that kind of gave me enough of a neuroscience background to then make the jump over here, which <laughs> was sort of, again, that, you know, intersection of like nutritional neuroscience is kind of the 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 vogue term you can throw like <laughs> anything in front of neuroscience and or or, or into you know like neuroeconomics uh-huh, not that uh-huh. they're not real things right but it makes it sound so legit right you say that but i've seen i swear i've seen so many tweets like neuromarketing and things yes. like that where they're yes. like we will teach you how to like market your yeah. products that the bo- like the brain is wired to like oh, it's just yeah. ridiculous yeah it's buzzword after buzzword literally yes. just throw neuro in front of or behind anything yes um and so I find that really interesting, the whole uh, nutritional neuroscience thing, because that's mm. an area that you kind of would like mm. to, to break it. Well, not break into, you're break already doing in, yeah. it a bit um, with fermented products and things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, is that, have you done anything with fermented stuff? Right, or? right. Yeah, that that was kind of like, so there's this yogurt brand in the US, like people are always like, oh, okay, so like, why did you get into the microbiome? And so it's like Jamie Lee Curtis from uh, like Alien, I, I, I think, right? And, and it's her Activia <laughs> yeah, yeah. regularity commercial. And, and so, you know, I, I remember reading about like John's papers about, you know, like anxiety in the microbiome. Mm. It's like, hmm, maybe if I eat enough yogurt, I'll stop having panic attacks. And, uh, it, uh, you know, at least for me, the, it, it has not worked. I'm also lactose intolerant, so oh, that's oh not, God, a, not a good plan. Combo. No, no. <laughs> this, see, this is why we need new novel probiotics, not in yogurt form. Yes, yeah, yeah. I, I do love, Give me five uh, years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, uh, there, there's fermented foods right uh, across you know most most cultures. Right? Yeah. So food yeah. anthropology is really cool. Yeah. Like, yeah you know, whether it's like sauerkraut or, or kimchi, um, you know, it's it was a way of of preserving food, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, I, that sort of stuff is so cool, like convergent. I'm hesitant to call it convergent evolution because it's not, but right, like, right. like every it's like cul- an emergent property. Yeah, yeah like yeah. every culture has a food, which is basically an interesting like uh, filling mm-hmm. surrounded by some sort of pastry. Like you've mm-hmm. got pierogies, you've got dumplings, you've got <laughs> oh, uh, what are they called? gone to my head anyway but every, every culture basically mm-hmm. has some form of it and as you say similar with the fermented stuff like i guess like people every like across the globe everyone kind of realized if we put a bunch of this stuff yeah. in a container <laughs> and just kind of leave it for a while it yes. tastes real good yes. in isolation all the same kind of idea like yeah, yeah. it is interesting that sort of stuff is really really cool so uh, after you have like made it now to like I'm not going to say made it because that makes sure, sense. You reach made it. Your yeah. final goal. Um, but... I'm so happy now forever and I'll never be sad again. <laughs> but have you, like, overall, do you think that it was, would you recommend that strategy, I guess, of kind of changing around like, like that? Sure. Yeah. So I, I think I'll probably end up, I have no um, financial relationships to Cal Newport. I just admire his, his, his works because they've been so good for orienting myself and, and you know, pursuing um, you know, whatever career it is mm-hmm. that, that you're going after. So it really is, I think, about building um, general skills and, and as well as specific skills that translate nicely over to other silos yeah. where you can kind of be at a cool um, possibilities frontier. So a more concrete example of that, like I, I remember when I was in a, a cognitive neuroscience course, which I, I know you're, you're in right now as mm-hmm. well, at, at Davis, and, and I won't say the professor's name, but I remember going up to them <laughs> after a lecture and it's like, you know, I was a, a lot younger back then and, and, and 
more naive about the literature and I asked like, you know, is there something, is there a relationship between what we eat and, and our brain? And he's like, oh, we used to think that, but we now know that there is no relationship between oh like what you God. eat and, and your brain. And so it's actually, you know, that if that were said with science backing, that's mm. actually a very heavy statement, right? Because mm. then you would need an abundance of negative data exactly. to show that that's true, mm. um, which wasn't the case, right? And, and you know, that it, it just wasn't their, their wheelhouse, right? Yeah. But, um, you I'm know, curious what led them to say I, that. I'm not yeah. sure. I think they like their own grants, their own research. But, <laughs> you know, I, I think once I started taking those nutrition courses and learning about, like, the, the microbiome, gut-brain axis, and um, where there was kind of, like, this unique intersection of, of you know, the microbiome and food and, and the brain, right, um, that, that was kind of what allowed me to come here with, you know, a, a good nutrition background. Yeah, and, and yeah. Harriet has the central regulation of appetite background, so we can kind of bring our best ideas together mm -hmm. to, you know, make a research product because that's that's really what grad school is about. It's training you to be a, a knowledge worker where your your exactly. job is to make new knowledge, mm -hmm. right? Um to, to discover things. So. Which ultimately will be applicable to some sort of, you know, future therapy yes. Or, yes. or something like that. Because ultimately that's what it's all about. Like while a lot of you know, a lot of it is like knowledge for the sake of knowledge like mm -hmm. knowing more about how something works is always beneficial you always along the way like are hoping that in some way this would be useful uh be it as a therapy or even just in in general mm -hmm. i suppose mm -hmm. um yeah but I, I i personally find it how do i put this like reassuring i guess in a way mm -hmm. to see that you've been able to jump around so much yes. and your your wife will not fall apart if you don't start <laughs> grad school at like 23 or 24 i know it yeah. feels like that at mm. the time when you see everyone graduating and everyone's posting their instagrams of like <laughs> accepted to so-and-so university so great linkedin da -da -da -da. <laughs> um, but yeah yeah they're uh, I'm, I'm glad that it's reassuring i'm yeah, glad yeah. that my my uh circuitous paths and, mm -hmm. and <laughs> other adjectives that have been used that are not on air friendly uh, path <laughs> or uh, is, is, is of some comfort and reassurance but yeah I, I think I'm okay <laughs> yeah that, that whole thing with LinkedIn though is so I don't know it's so weird to me like whenever I go on to it I feel like I'm like stepped into some other plane of existence mm -hmm. or something where like <laughs> you see like these things you can post on LinkedIn you know how you have like uh, the reactions like celebrate and yes. love and stuff and it's like do you think employer employees should be paid a living wage? Yeah. Celebrate if yes. Or right, it's like, right. what, what am I looking at yes. right now? It's like 8,000 like, thumbs down. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And, and yeah, similar stuff with that. Everyone is always talking about, like they have to, because that's like the point of LinkedIn is to be like, right. oh, here's all this great stuff that I'm doing. But I think it can be like, neg like negative in a way. Sure, definitely. To be constantly looking at that mm -hmm. and comparing yourself to it. Right, yeah. It's kind of like uh, like academic sort of, distorted mirror right yeah, like yeah. you you learn to look at yourself sure. in terms of your cv and your posts yeah. and um you know that that's that's kind of the whole medium shapes the message kind of idea right like linkedin by design you know brings a, a certain kind of post the same way that like instagram or, yeah, or twitter exactly. mm -hmm. right and and so i i think the um you know there's no good or intrinsically good or bad technology i think it's like how you're using it mm -hmm. right and, and so again something that like cal newport says and like digital minimalism is like you want to make sure you're using these technologies and they're not using you which sounds like such an old millennial boomer <laughs> thing i'm not trying to do that like i, I love social media too um but it you know it's just about using it deliberately so you don't fall into that 
pitfall of like, I'm so glad that the government has granted me my vehicular operations. Like you just, you just got your driver's license. Like it's fine. You know, (laughs) not everything needs to go on your link. Yes. Uh, we go into our next song actually will I play um, you recommended fashion by the world concept oh, yes. yes this is my uh, we, we discovered this song in a club in Dublin so it was it's kind of like our our class song for for the 2018 Erasmus uh, students. oh I like yeah. that I love attributing time points to music yes I get such strong memories off of some songs and like it, it's like you're transported away from yes that. yes for sure for so sure so hopefully this will do the same for you <laughs> so this is Fashion uh, by The Wild Concept from their album Smile That was Fashion by The World Concept from their album Smile. I uh, hope you enjoyed that one. That's my first time listening to that. I really enjoyed that. Cool. I'm always looking for new new artists, uh, so I'm definitely going to give them a look in the future, <laughs> awesome. I think. Yeah. Um, so not sponsored by them. Yeah. <laughs> not sponsored. I, no, I have no sponsorship. <laughs> yeah, we gotta get on that. IRC, yeah. or if you're listening, <laughs> please sponsor our radio show, and or anyone. Welcome, ERC. Come on, yeah. surely one of you. Um, so speaking of LinkedIn, um, mm. you, I think you have on a, on your mm. LinkedIn that you're really interested in just like helping people with like the grad school process. Sure, sure. Yes, uh, yes. Well, I'm sure like that is tailored probably a little bit more to the states because. Uh, like there's the whole thing of like moving from like public school and to mm. then college. I don't know how that works. I'm gonna be on, I'm gonna be honest. I'm not sure I know either. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like what what is it about um that transition? I suppose to grad school that uh, sort of you're gravitated towards helping people with. I think that there's a lot of pressure in in the U.S. as, as well as here. I, I I think to jump into grad school right away right so like one of the the i i, I love being in, in grad school like i, I love being in the, the like knowledge economy mm. i i love pursuing research questions right <laughs> um but one of the the things that i'll, I'll tell students is that I, I really do recommend like taking some time off before you go back to to grad school and the reason why is because like i think there's there's always like such a a rat race to the next course to get accepted into like the neuroscience major to do good on this next test this next project right and and so the thing i always say to people is you know if school is all you've ever done how do you know that it's what you want to continue mm. to do um so if you step away even just for a year and, and get to know yourself um, and you know, you're not going to necessarily find out, oh, what, this is my research passion, because mm. I don't think you're going to figure that out until you're actively doing exactly. science, but yeah. you'll build the general research skills along the way to, you know, then jump into your real research passion, say after your master's, or even after your PhD, when you do a postdoc, like, you know, so you, you really can't always jump around. So I, I think it's very rewarding to help people realize like, you know, um, again, like when you read someone's LinkedIn or their CV, it is by design. Mm-hmm. 
a very you know picturesque yeah. uh this is who i am because you know it's, it's better to have a, a succinct story than it is like you know it's saying how many times i like swerved around <laughs> to get here you know definitely yeah, yeah. Mm. it's like a snapshot kind of isn't it like you're perfect like image <laughs> the linkedin thing. yeah yeah absolutely but most of social media is like that yeah, that's true yeah, yeah. Uh, except for twitter twitter is where people post their where i just spew raw, every random yes unvitaled mm. random thoughts i tweeted last night um at half or 1 a.m oh, uh, i live for the world have, have you done uh, the world oh uh, no no I, I i'm the control group is is what my friends have told me <laughs> so i i see it going around the office and like someone will say the word of the day and they haven't mm. solved it and mm. there's like little salt on the moon mm-hmm. and... no the, this though is the world oh, oh okay, so, it's a bit, okay. so after wordle came out everyone apparently jumped <laughs> on the bandwagon of making like you you had worldle you'd global you'd hear it all oh. uh mm. am i missing any i think those are the big ones those are definitely the big ones oh yeah. no there's a there's a maths one where you have to like do an equation nerdle or is nerd that... game or something it's called is that what it's called it's, it doesn't have the like wordle like oh right, yeah. at the end. there was another one i think it was called like quadruple mm. or something where it was four, it was four yeah, words yeah. i hated that one but <laughs> worldle where it gives you just a, a country just, I see, I just see. like the, bo- the border of a country sometimes it's an sometimes actually it's really like you're like is this an island or is this <laughs> like i can't tell and you're like working out like no that line is like too <laughs> harsh to be a coastline or something um and you have six guesses like like were like wordle uh and it tells you how far away you are and mm. what and in what direction oh, okay, you need okay. to go, like just with an hour or whatever. And me and uh, my friend Kieran, every night at like after midnight, <laughs> we'll just send the text to each other of like what score we got in Worldle. <laughs> nice. And recently we've been getting really good at it. And I, I last, when was it? Last summer, I think, like sat down and just like decided, okay, I'm sick of being <laughs> ignorant. I'm going to learn ah. the goddamn countries that exist on this world. Like even like Europe, like I did not know sure, Eastern sure. European well, you know, like uh, countries like anything like south of Croatia. Mm. No, nah, I don't know what's down there. That's Wild West. <laughs> um, Wild East. <laughs> uh, Asia, North and South America, um, all of them. And then recently... Uh, I had I was still particularly bad with Africa, so I was like, I need mm. to sit down mm. and learn the countries of Africa, which like there's a lot of countries there, and some of them are very small, mm-hmm. and also they ha- some of them have very similar names as well, um, which makes them a little more confusing. But I knew I had cracked it when I got what was it? Oh, I can't remember. It was one of the small African countries. Mm. I got it on, like my second try. Oh, it was a uh, it was Ivory Coast, which ah, isn't that yeah. which yeah. is not that small. Yeah. Let's be honest, mm. but. Uh, if you look at a, a world map or whatever, it's not really, yeah. really big. So I was like, this is it. I've made it. Now I got Ivory Coast on my like first or second try. I'm done. Uh, but yeah, really recommend the Worldle. Worldle. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll bring it into the office space. So it need, need more. The one from today is particularly interesting. Okay. And uh, if you if you look at it, Nathan, you'll, you'll, you'll know why. I'll know why. Yeah. Uh, I can't I'm say. I'm so I... bad at geography. It's not even funny. Like, I'm very like, spatially challenged. Yeah, I don't like... even know where I am right now. <laughs> it's like the lowest on my list of like skills. Knowledge. Yeah, knowledge at all. I just I'm so bad at geography. Well, just like world geography. It's, yeah, it's not like you don't know like where Waterford is in relation to Corn. No, <laughs> yeah, no, no, definitely. It's on yeah that global like 
Yeah. Like you, like learning all those countries and where they are. I'm just like, no. But to be fair, like I was also really, really bad at yeah. it. It's just like, it took like a conscious effort to me. To be like, <laughs> sure, sure. I'm tired of being ignorant about this. If yeah. someone asked me, do I know where Latvia is? Mm. I should know. <laughs> like, yeah. It's a combination of uh, like deliberate practice and motivation, mm. right? Yeah. So I, I just did... Um, if anyone knows Sporkle, mm. it's like a, a website with just a bunch of quizzes on mm. it. Like literally anything. They're all user submitted. Mm-hmm. And there was a bunch of them that were like, name the countries of the world. So you type in Ireland and then Ireland, it, like it, the tag will go like, whoop, move yeah, on yeah. to Ireland and I'll highlight. And then there was, uh, the other ones were like, can you pick out the countries of mm. whatever, whatever. So like I would do the one for Europe and then the one for Asia or whatever. Uh, and the picking out one was really good because it would just give you like, latvia mm. and you just have to like click on it and like that's really good for like learning, learning exactly yeah, yeah. where they are mm-hmm. so i would recommend this uh, <laughs> i need to do this learning tool <laughs> i'll force you every day i'll be like right nathan it's 2 p.m sparkle time <laughs> there's some good sparkle quizzes didn't we do one on like oh. <laughs> the 1960s disney 1960s 1970s disney movies yeah like in the order hmm. that they released yeah. or something you knew you knew it was exam season yeah. and we were under extreme pressure when yes. we spent Almost an hour, I have to say, because they gave you like a time limit yeah. on these things, and they were probably like ten or fifteen minutes mm-hmm. each, and we did like five of them from because yeah. they stratified it by decade, mm-hmm. and like some of them were crazy. We're like that came out in that long ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then there were other times where it was like, "There's no way." Like, how are we forgetting one? And then it was like the, the Lion King. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, oh my god! And for you, who's such a big Disney fan, it's yeah. like, what the hell? I, I at least could be like, I haven't seen half these films. <laughs> I haven't seen ninety percent of these films. Yeah, no, Sparkle's definitely good though. Really good. Uh, we should do some neuroscience. Oh my god, we should. That's quizzes. a good idea for next. Yeah, show. Let's, <laughs> and we, we'll see if there's any up there, and then yeah. maybe we'll we'll do them. I like really derailed the grad school conversation. No, no, it's okay. You're you're good. It, it was about uh, passionate learning. Yeah. Was was the takeaway? Yeah. Well, I passionately learned yeah. the country. Take a year off and just do sparkle every day. That's yeah. It. And you if go. you want to go back to grad school, that's how how you'll know. <laughs> if you learn anything from the show, yeah. let that be the takeaway. Yes. And we'll go ahead, go on to our next song. This is another suggestion from mm-hmm. you, Timothy. Um, Black River by Wolfgang. How would you, how would you, what genre would you put this in? Uh, I, I'll probably mess it up. So, you, you know, I'll just say it's, it's another one of, it's a bit on the nose for like why it reminds us of Dublin. But again, it was uh. another, you, you know, part, party song of, of okay. Dublin slash, you know, cry when we, we all have to say goodbye kind of thing. So, oh, right. yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> Black River by Wolfgang from the album. Alvaron? I could be pronouncing that incorrectly. I hope you enjoy. That was Black River by Wolfgang from this al- 
album, not Salbum. <laughs> uh, Al Viran. Uh, another another good song. Hmm? You're coming out with all the good recommendations. Thank you. I'm almost out of, of <laughs> sounding like I'm a cool person songs. I don't even try anymore. I just go, uh, you're going to listen to what I've been listening to recently and you don't have a choice. Anyway, so we've got approximately three minutes left mm-hmm. uh, before our time is done for this week. So, Timothy, I'm going to ask you for some rapid fire. Yes. What are your big, big three, big four points of advice to someone who's looking to go in and do some post-grad work yes yeah so the first one again was uh don't go to grad school right away (laughs) take some time to get to know yourself right Uh, i I think one of the best things that someone has said right when you go in with uh reflection um that will show your uh direction and, and motivation right and that that's important for staying the main character in your story and not becoming just like a side character and and a a pi's story Mm, right so you want to be on the same page together working towards a mutual goal um you know they always need skilled labor so when you're applying to post-grad you're someone who has a lot of potential so there's a good likelihood they'll they'll say yes and that's how you can end up doing work that you really don't want to do is because you feel like you have to say yes right there mm-hmm. in that moment. And, yeah. you know, the boat never really weaves like there always will be some opportunity. Um, let's see. I think the other one is, you know, because you're a knowledge worker, you have to spend time learning how to learn and like learning how to do deep work. So there's, you know, things about uh, like really great books like uh, Dopamine Nation, Digital Minimalism, uh, Atomic Habits. Those are all really good so like you know i have a phone jail that is a timer box that i put my phone in when i'm working at home because i am such like a a dopamine phone (laughs) you you know just just so prone to it right and there's a really cool science behind that you know in terms of like variable reward schedules yeah yeah you know your eyes are money Hmm. right so uh, learning how to focus i think is a big thing um and then the last one I, i would say is talk to current and former grad students of the lab that you're in because they're the ones who will tell you how things really are, right? And it's important to know that you will have a good relationship with your advisor because you can learn to like a project, I think, as long as you don't hate it, mm, yeah. right? You can learn to like it because you have a good environment with your coworkers and your values align with your mentors and, and your um, your PI. And so I think mm. that's really what's important for, for grad school because – Again, I, I think that it's a little bit of a false notion that you will, you know, a priori know what, ah, uh, yes, I am, you know, 18 and I know what I want to do for the yeah. next 50 years of my life, mm-hmm. period, you know. Well, what people do or do not know is the gene or no gene of this week, <laughs> which I have to quickly cut to because we're running out of time. So the gene for this week was Bark 2, yeah, and we can confirm two. that. It, it is, is a, a real gene, gene <laughs> even though it was meant to be a fake gene, but mid-show we found out it's a real gene. <laughs> Anyway, so what that's a, a funny <laughs> coincidence. Beta so, adrenergic receptor kinase 2. There you go. 55% of people said it was a gene. So, yeah. congratulations. So, I have been <laughs> I have been Hugo. I have been Nathan. I have also been Tim. <laughs> this has been Brain Busters. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for listening. You hear us again this time next Tuesday. See you then. See, See you then. You then.